On today's show, the beat rolls on for the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Magic despite being shorthanded with no Giannis and no Drew Holiday. But perhaps the biggest development for the Milwaukee Bucks on the road to the postseason, Chris Middleton starts. Chris Middleton tops 30 minutes, and he looked really good in the process. So we're going to break all that down. We'll have an injury update along the way. And Lindell Wigginton back with the Milwaukee Bucks. All that and more. Let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. As always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day. We are just minutes removed from the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Orlando Magic 134-123 and we have got plenty to get through, including Chris Middleton putting in a really encouraging performance in this win on the road. As I said, we thank you for listening to the show. We thank you for supporting the show And uh, I implore you, please subscribe, rate, hit like, drop a comment. It's all free to do. And it absolutely helps us along the way as we continue to build this show. Last week, I put the call out for a bunch of new subscribers. If you listen to the show regularly, if you're new to us, if you've been listening for the four plus years I've been hosting this show, subscribe. It helps us out. And you also know every single time we drop a show. So the Bucks now have won 18 of their last 19 games and they continue to roll. And tonight was one of those nights where you win because you're a veteran team and you win because you're a really deep team. No Giannis in this game, no Drew Holiday in this game. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit and just sort of talk about what that means moving forward. But I have to start no other place other than Chris Middleton and what we saw from him tonight. So he plays 31 minutes in this game. He does slot into the starting lineup, which I think made a lot of sense. And I am of the belief that if you're going to start Chris Middleton at this point of the season, you kind of have to believe that he's going to stay there. I don't think that you're going to get Giannis and Drew back at some point, hopefully soon. And then Chris will go back to the bench. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, particularly when you see the minutes continue to ramp up, even on a night where, you know, the Magic made some threes late in this game, but I was feeling pretty comfortable on my couch over here in Melbourne watching this game. I did not think the Bucs were going to lose this game. So it's not just the fact that he had 31 minutes. It's the fact that he looked really comfortable on offense. He got 24 points in this one, five for nine from the field, really efficient stuff, uh, one for three from three. So the three-point shot continues to come along. And I think, again, if you point into anything about fatigue and the legs, perhaps that is a reason for that. And you still hope that that comes around because his ability to create his own shot from the outside. We know he's lethal with those step backs. He's lethal when he gets the mismatches with big guys on the perimeter for those pull-up threes. They're going to want to see that come back. But for now, it was all the other stuff because this was Chris Middleton understanding that, hey, I'm the guy on this team. I'm going to take over. I'm going to be aggressive offensively, and I'm going to use this opportunity to get some in-game reps against an opposition. He finished with 14 free throw attempts. 
He was 13 for 14 from the line. The only free throw he missed was the one that uh, Steve Novak with a, a horrific jinx uh, there during the broadcast. If you're watching, you know what I'm talking about there. He was about to pass Mark, Marcus Johnson for made free throws. And uh, Novak said that uh, Marcus and everyone, he's going to miss free throws forever. And then he, of course, he did miss it. But that was the only one he missed, 13 for 14 from the free throw line. The 14 free throw attempts uh, was almost a career high. And it's the most he's had in a game since the 29th of February, 2016. I almost caught myself then. 29th of February, 2016. Was there 29 days in February in 2016? I think there was. But his career high... Uh, was 15. So only one shy of that. And I think it's a great sign because we saw all the crafty Chris Middleton antics in the half court that we've seen before. He was fouled on a three-point shot. He was fouled in the mid-range when he used the footwork to get the defender in the air. And I think more than anything, we've seen him actually put the ball on the floor and get to the rack with some authority and some confidence. And honestly, looking like he's moving pretty well since he's returned to the lineup here. So the free throw stuff uh, is big. There's no question about that. Because he just historically hasn't been a guy that has done that at a high, high, high rate. And part of that is because you've got Giannis who has the ball in his hands a lot and other guys that can work down in that area. And he's been more of the perimeter guy. But I've loved the confidence of him to get out there. And I think the aggressiveness offensively, while we talk about the ramp up and people will question the defensive stuff, I've always thought Chris Milton is a better defender when it comes to the postseason. So I I don't really ever worry too much about how he looks in the regular season. He does seem to be able to go to different levels in the playoffs. We've seen that before with some of the matchups he's had, whether it is defending a guy like Kevin Durant or it's chasing a guy around the perimeter like Duncan Robinson. I think he is a guy at this point in his career where in the postseason, he will ramp that up. So I'm not concerned about the defensive stuff with Chris, but he does seem like he is going above and beyond on the offensive end in terms of exerting energy and in terms of getting your legs back as you ramp up, I think that that is the best possible way for him to do that. The 31 minutes tonight, a borderline a season high. I'm not exactly sure. He did play 31 minutes against Dallas way back in December on that first comeback that he had. But again, I keep saying this, the Bucks win this game. They're 47 and 18. They're two games clear at the top of the Eastern Conference now with 17 games to play. And I just think if you told me that Chris Milton would be making his eighth start nearing the middle of March and the Bucs would be two games clear at the top of the East, I just would not believe you. And the other part of this that is honestly just really, really exciting was the facilitation of Chris. Now, I know that he's a guy that gets criticized a lot because of the way that he facilitates the ball, because of the way that... At times, he can have a few turnovers, but I don't really totally get it because he has proven time and time again in those pick-and-roll situations that he is a guy that has as good as chemistry as anyone on this team with the way that he is able to connect with Giannis, particularly in the pick-and-roll, which has been the money go-to play for this Bucks team. And tonight, we saw it with Brook Lopez, and Chris Milton had 11 assists on the night and only three turnovers. And the interesting thing is when you talk about him making the most of his minutes, and part of this has been staggering coming off the bench and not honestly playing a lot of time with Giannis on the floor. But even though he's had some bad bad passes along the way, look, he's going to do that. That's fine. His assist percentage is at a career high rate right now, 26.9%. That's before tonight. And his usage is at a career high, 
mark 28.5% prior to tonight. Again, this is via cleaning the, gar- cleaning the glass. And his turnover percentage is at 14, which is in the 19th percentile. He, he hasn't actually... Like, that is not outrageous. He was 13.5 last year, 12.6 the year before. So a little bit increased, but nothing really dramatic. And some of the lobs that he was able to throw to Brook Lopez tonight were just beautiful. The crisp pocket passes through traffic to find guys going to the basket, the baseline drive and being able to find Bobby Portis for an easy dunk. Chris Middleton just looked great. And again, because of what we've seen so far this year and how slow the ramp up has been, I hold my breath still a little bit and you just want to ensure that you don't continue to see him on the injury report. But if all this has been to get Chris Middleton in the best possible shape for the postseason and in that vintage form that we know he can deliver, then it will all be worth it for this Bucks team because we have seen before what he can do on the biggest stage when the title is on the line and helping this team in the postseason. So I just, for a game that might have looked like a little bit of a ho-hum contest, no Giannis, no Drew, you get this performance from Chris Middleton and you have to be buzzing a little bit if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Uh, I have no doubt about that. We'll talk about Giannis and Drew Holiday and the injuries coming up next. Brooke Lopez continues to be a monster for this team and plenty more to come after I talk about an exciting new partner and episode, uh, sponsor of this episode. This is the ultimate pro basketball GM. Now, I am not a big gamer. I'm not someone that plays a lot of stuff on my phone, but this one has very much got my attention and I'm pretty excited about what it can do. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, it is called. So if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM, and I know a lot of our listeners absolutely have, and managing your own basketball franchise, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants. That will be intriguing. Trading and training players, making draft picks and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And let's be honest, this is the stuff that fans love the most and you get to do it all on your phone. Locked on Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. The ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, so no Giannis in this game was listed as having a non-COVID illness. Now, I don't know how many people out there have felt ill before, or certainly ill enough to not exercise at a really high intensity. I'm typically never as happy as Giannis was tonight on the sideline. He was having a fantastic time. He was eating the popcorn. He had a humongous smile on his face. He's sprinting out on the floor to pick up Jay Crowder off the deck, and we're going to get to Crowder in just a little bit. But all I'm saying is, and I don't want to be questioning the injury report, and I don't want to be questioning these illnesses, knocks, and injuries that they go through. We know Giannis, certainly from a physical standpoint, has been through a lot in recent weeks. But he didn't look that ill to me. He did have a wrap on his hand, though. We know he had the wrist stuff going on. So, look, let's be honest. He's going to be going through management of the knee, management of his wrist. Maybe if he did have a bit of the sniffles, yeah, take care of this man at all costs, ensure that he's free for the postseason. But I guess what I'm trying to say is outside of what we already knew, I'm not too worried about this illness. And certainly the Bucs obviously weren't worried about it being contagious. So, Giannis 
looked like he had a great time out there. Drew Holiday with the neck injury is a little more interesting. Bud spoke about this pregame and said that as far as he's aware, typically cryptic, as far as he's aware, if there was any in-game incident with this neck injury, he wasn't really sure when it was, but it's been something he's been dealing with for a little bit. And it got to the point where they felt like they needed him to give uh, to have a night off and they're just going to see how it goes on a day-to-day basis. So I guess from that, it doesn't technically guarantee that Drew Holiday will be back for the game on Thursday night against the Brooklyn Nets. And this kind of comes back to the conversation I had with Camille Davis last night on the podcast around, you know, what are the Bucs going to do from a management perspective? They're clearly going to pick and choose games that they think they can win. And tonight, even though you had Giannis and Drew out on the road, the maturity difference, the size difference, the physicality difference, and just the straight up experience, it, it just felt like the Bucs were absolutely comfortable and in control with A, being able to get Middleton all this burn and B, being able to take care of business and ensure that they did cash in on the fact that the Celtics have lost a few straight games here in the East over the last few days. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to read into this. Anytime you hear anything kind of weird like the neck for Drew Holiday, you start to feel a little bit anxious about it and you just hope that he is okay in the long run and doesn't miss too many games. And if he is missing games, it's just purely precautionary. Um, but I think we are going to see a little bit of this. We might start to see some of this with Brooke Lopez, who has been an absolute workhorse all season long, has hardly missed any games. You wonder what they'll do with Joe Ingles, who has started to play back-to-backs as his ramp-up has continued. He played another 27 minutes tonight. But I think there is going to be some management from the Bucks. But I pointed to the depth of this team, and it shone through tonight. There's no doubt about that. And I already mentioned some of the contri- contributions. But Brooke Lopez, I, I don't even know what to say about this man anymore and what he's done for this team this season. I think that you can absolutely make the case that even though we know what Giannis has done, even though we know what Drew Holiday has done and both of those guys are all-stars and we think Giannis is in the mix for the MVP... Has Brooke Lopez been the Bucs' most important player this season? Maybe that's outrageous. And if it's outrageous, jump in the YouTube comments and tell me how I am an absolute fool. But his consistency of performance, his elite rim protection and defensive stuff, and tonight he gets credited for three blocks. They were talking about it on the broadcast. It felt like it should have been 10 blocks. He was everywhere tonight defensively against this young Orlando team. He's done it time and time again. And perhaps most importantly... He has just had different ways of taking over games on the offensive end. And tonight, he only attempted one three-point shot. The term Brooklyn Brook has been thrown around a little bit, but we have seen it a lot more recently with this Bucks team with how he can dominate games offensively. And he seems to be honestly in as good a touch on the offensive end as a scorer as we've seen him in Milwaukee. Nine for 14 from the field tonight. As I mentioned, he only attempted one three, did not make it. Got nine free throws in this game, which is indicative, again, of his craft and his ability to be physical around the paint and around the basket. And he's 26 points and plus 15 in 34 minutes. Just another classic performance tonight from Brook Lopez. He's having a monster season. I don't think games like tonight do anything to hinder his defensive player of the year credentials. He's right up there and in the mix, as he absolutely should be. And I just love it when... You get opportunities to see this Bucks team. Either Giannis is inactive like he was tonight or Giannis is on the bench 
and you have now, and Drew Holiday will be in there as well. But I think it, at this point in time, if we if we think of the two guys that we think that can absolutely execute in pick and roll scenarios in the half court as well as anyone on this team, not necessarily with the intention to score, but mostly with the ability to find a guy like Brooke Lopez roll into the basket. It's Middleton and Joe Ingles. And both of those guys tonight were dishing at a really high level. 17 assists between the pair of Middleton and Ingles. Now, are they going to get that usage and get those opportunities with Giannis and Drew out there? Probably not. But there will be situations in postseason games where Giannis is on the bench and it might only be a three-minute, four-minute spell, but you just need to run some, some really solid offense to ensure that you keep the scoreboard ticking over and aren't forced to just hang on defensively like we've seen this team do in the past. And I love the fact that Middleton was really working well with Brook Lopez. We've seen Joe Ingles. We've spoken about it in recent weeks. And I love it when the Bucks feature Brook Lopez on the offensive side of the ball. More to come on Jay Crowder. Lindell Wigginton actually saw some time tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks. Still no Goran Dragic. And plenty more, including Marjan Bochamp going down to the Wisconsin herd. But first, we want to talk about our friends at FanDuel. The NBA postseason is absolutely on the way, and there is no better time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Think about that. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. As I'm looking at it right now, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks tied for favoritism for the NBA championship. That gap has continued to close. The Bucks now two games up on the Boston Celtics. And Giannis, of course, still the second favorite for the MVP. So check out all those odds and plenty more at FanDuel. And FanDuel lets you combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so you can continue to go down the list in this game and the contributors are right up and down the box score. Just some housekeeping. First of all, the Bucks did sign Lindell Wigginton to a two-way contract. We know they parted ways with Sandro Mamu Kalashvili last week. So Lindell Wigginton, we know he's a high-quality scorer in the G League. Can really light it up down there. It is interesting that they signed Wigginton now. As it currently stands, the Bucks roster is full. We'll wait and see what happens with Myers Leonard at the end of his second 10-day contract. Leonard played eight minutes tonight, did knock down a three and had a couple of rebounds, but hasn't played a lot, even in these situations where there's no Giannis. So are they going to lock in Myers Leonard for the postseason? I'm, I'm waiting. We'll see what happens with that contract there. Or will we see what happens with Goran Dragic, who still is yet to make... His first appearance with the Bucks was ruled out tonight with knee soreness. Is Wigginton a little bit of third guard insurance and AJ Green obviously there as well? I don't know, but it's just a watch. He's someone that is at least familiar with the system, familiar with the franchise, and I don't mind the fact that just for this stretch run, let's face it, you know, people always want to get high-level guys, upside guys with the two-way contracts with the G League, but we are right at the business end of the season. If you can bring someone in that you know at least has had some NBA minutes, knows the system, 
Bring him in for the stretch run in case you need him. So I like the move, Lindell Wigginton, even though you you don't expect he's going to play a lot. And at this point, he's not even eligible for the postseason. Familiarity is key at this time of year. And you just continue to look at the group the Bucks have put together and you absolutely love it. And we'll see what happens with Leonard there and also Dragic. Jay Crowder was pretty good tonight. We've spoken about his minutes and where they've been. Back-to-back scenarios, minutes down. It's worth noting that he's still going to be in a ramp-up period tonight, but he was pretty good offensively tonight, as most of the Bucks were, we should say. Five for nine from the field, two for five from three. Got to the free-throw line a little bit there as well and finished with 15 points, so a high scoring mark since he has come to the Bucks, And we just saw a little bit of the... The nasty Jay Crowder. He thought he was fouled on a three, gave away a tech. He was heated. He was fired up. After that, he got tangled up with Paolo Banquero. Kind of tossed him to the floor as they got tangled and he tried to strip the ball. Nothing malicious in that intent there from Jay Crowder. But just the nastiness, you like to see that come out. And you even saw him just smarts in a couple of plays. He was able to cut to the basket and knock in a little floater. We've seen him hit the mid-range a little bit. So you don't expect him to be a big offensive force, but I think any chance you get to see him play those 20 to 25 minutes, you're going to love it uh, for this Bucks team as they continue the road to the postseason. So another night where you get fantastic contributors up and down the board. I didn't even mention Javon Carter, which is what we do on this podcast because he has become such a consistent, reliable contributor. He had 24 points, including four for five from three. So he's scorching offensive scoring, shooting, continues. And then Bobby Portis had his uh, regular double-double, 16 points and 11 rebounds. So all in all, the Bucks did really well. A little bit of housekeeping of catching up with our friends from Locked On Nets tomorrow. In the lead-up to the Bucks and the Nets, we're going to talk a little bit about this Brooklyn team and what has happened over the last few months with this team. We'll relieve the 2021 postseason a little bit and ask them, missed opportunities, comebacks to bite, and I've got a smile on my face because it wasn't a missed opportunity for the Milwaukee Bucks. So we've got some fun coming up on the show tomorrow. I'm going to get out of here right now because I'm going to go to the ESPN TV studio. I host a show called Kane and Copes on TV over here in Australia and New Zealand. And you know who our special guest is tonight on the show? None other than Marcus Johnson. So I'm going to catch up with Marcus in approximately 90 minutes. So I'm going to get my ass to the studio and catch up with Marcus. I'll post a bunch of those clips on social and the full show. We're going to talk lots of bucks. Uh, and all some great stories from Marcus. We know he's one of the great entertainers, so I can't wait to do that. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast to get a recap from right across the NBA. All stories, news, stats, analysis from the local experts across the network. And uh, as I said off the top, subscribe, drop a like, drop a comment, help us out. We love it, and we love the interaction with all of you, and I will catch you all tomorrow. 